Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P radio show. K-I-R-P is keeping it real with Pudgy Miller. Pudgy will be joining us momentarily. My name is Rocco P. I am your guest host tonight. Tonight we will be discussing 
some specifics, but in general, as far as the principle, really, it's uh, how do Christians, how should they really approach uh, the morality of people in public office? And, of course, you know, the, the office that gets the most coverage is the president of the United States of America, who is currently Donald John Trump. But before before we get down into uh, to, into the details as far as application, I just wanted to lay a foundation. Uh, the general title of the show was "Does Does the Morality of the President and the First Lady Even Matter?" Does the morality of the President of the United States and the First Lady matter? As a Bible-believing Christian, first thing I just want to review uh, the teaching of the Bible, basic basic doctrine on sexual morality basic doctrine on sexual morality from the Bible. Uh, first, I go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. That's two passages I would look at briefly. And let me start the right verse here. Uh, the context here was problems in the church at Corinth, particularly among believers. And they're talking about the idea about how it was wrong for Christians to go before unbelievers to settle the matters. So I start chapter 6, 1 Corinthians, verse 7. Now, therefore, is it already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another? Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these things to your brethren. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified or declared righteous in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That was 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 7 through 11. Similar teaching in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, Galatians chapter 5. And let's go down here. Uh, Galatians chapter 5. Context talking about walking in the spirit as opposed to walking to the flesh. The flesh representing the sin nature of the old man. Every Christian still has a sin nature. That's why Christians continue unfortunately, to sin. But the sin should be different in terms of the frequency and the severity as opposed to when the person did not know Christ before they before the Lord saved them. Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh, again, the flesh representing the sinful nature. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outburst of wrath, selfish, amb selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revel revel revelries, 
and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, So I draw your attention there to verse 21 at the end, that if you practice certain things, then that means you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Again, very similar teaching there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Very, very similar teaching there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, do you not know, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Then there's that list. Starts out with fornicators, adulterers, fornicators, and idolaters, adulterers, uh, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. None of them will inherit the kingdom of God. So when when I read those texts, what I would stress is this. Um, if you're listening to this program and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you cannot work your way into heaven. Right? You cannot make yourself righteous. can't be done. Christians are people that realize that they're sinners, and that's why they were drawn to the Savior. The Holy Spirit convicts them of their sin, and then they trust the Christ. Then the exchange takes place. God sees. God then uh, doesn't account the sinners sin against them. An exchange takes place. They then justified legal term there, declared righteous. God then sees Christ's righteousness places in our Christ was sinless. He died, perfect sacrifice. He was risen from the dead, proved he was God in the flesh, fully man, fully God. Risen never to die again. When a person realizes they're a sinner, they've sinned against God. God is holy in terms of his essence and his being. Not just what he does, who he is. When someone's saved, that exchange takes place. And then you start to live different. Uh, the biblical doctrine would be progressive sanctification. You start a process of becoming more Christ-like as, you, as uh, you walk according to the Spirit that dictates the Spirit, not the flesh, not the sin nature. The reason I'm saying all this is that many people would uh, misrepresent the gospel and say, well, it's just a matter. You live a certain way. And then God would accept you. No, no, impossible. Impossible. No one could please God because we all have a debt we can never pay. The sin debt either has to be paid by yourself, and that would be forever in hell. Hell is real. Or you trust Christ, and then the exchange takes place, then you declare righteous. My point being, there will be moral people, you know, you know, from the outward, upright people. People have not sinned. In certain ways, people have not committed adultery, people have not been fornicators, have not been sexually involved with people outside of marriage. Uh, there will be those people, some of them in hell, because morality doesn't save you. But the biblical teaching is that once you are saved, you have to be different. So certain certain things, certain serious sins characterize your life. Uh, don't believe for a moment that you're born again. In our culture, it's very very prevalent. It's very prevalent for people to say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm born again. I trust Christ. A lot of people know the lingo, meaning they know the terminology. They know the vocabulary. They have the trappings of the church. They know something about the Bible. But when you strip it away and you, you take the time to find out what they're all about, there's, an, there's absolutely no, there's zero evidence they've ever been redeemed, they've ever been bought back, they've ever actually trusted Christ. And that process 
of changing, progressive sanctification, becoming more like, more like Christ. It's never happened in life. Case in point is a younger guy I was working with, and yeah, he'd be sharing the Bible with certain people, and yeah, I would jump in. We went to some people, and uh, then I saw over time he was uh, he was going away on vacations with his girlfriend. He's not married. And then I saw he would even talk to lost people in a very casual way about the relationships they were having outside marriage. There was no, there was no inclination, there was no indication at any level any of that appeared to be wrong to him. It characterized his life. Uh, he is lost. There's a lot of people like that. So that's, that's the biblical teaching. Uh, living a certain way is never going to make you right. It's never going to get you to heaven. Uh, if you could live a certain way and earn God's favor, then Christ would have died in vain. But once again, the biblical teaching is once you trust Christ, that change takes place, and you start to become more Christ-like. But don't let people tell you that they're born again, and, yeah, they are living in fornication, that, yeah, they are drunk on a regular basis, things like that. Don't, don't, let, don't be deceived. Okay, I lay that foundation because we're talking about a political matter. We're saying how should Christians approach the whole area of people in public office, in particular the president and the first lady, does their morality, does it matter at all? Does it matter at all? And there's a couple, uh, there's a couple of different things taking to place to take into consideration when we discuss that. First is the Bible talks about three basic spheres or jurisdictions of authority. In other words, there's three, there's three basic types of authority that's established by God. And that would be the initial one, the family. Family was established. Man, woman, marriage was established before sin. And that continued after sin. Uh, civil or secular government, which came into place after sin. And the church. Okay, I believe the church started in Acts 2. Uh, and I think Israel was a type or a figure of the church. I don't think uh, the church is Israel. The church is spiritual Israel. I think they're two separate entities. So that's the three basic authorities. Okay, so you talk about uh, you talk about work. Your boss, of course. You know, your boss has authority. Uh, some people would talk about the teaching of scripture in terms of slaves and masters. Okay, there was slavery. It wasn't uh, it wasn't the same as had existed in the states uh, during uh, yeah before the war between the states, but you know there was slavery and Christians were told hey basically you know submit submit to your masters God's placed you there so if you could get free then you do and a lot of people have twisted that to say that Christians support slavery no not not at all uh, the teaching was if you were in that situation then you know try and get free if you could but not to attempt to abolish it. Uh, not to get out from the authority that, that that you were there at that point. So, and incidentally, most of the slavery in the world now, if you're incensed about what happened uh, in the United States before and after the war between the states, which I call the War of Northern Aggression, realize slavery is real now. Uh, let's talk about Saudi Arabia, right? Let's talk about other places. Let's talk about where they're openly trading slaves, openly in Libya after the U.S. Uh, occupation of Libya. Yeah after the U.S. overthrew uh, Gaddafi, Muammar Gaddafi. Yep. So you want to get incensed about slavery. Let's not talk about the past. Let's talk about the present. There's a whole lot of slavery that should be abolished today. Now, 
in 2018. But in any case, there's just three basic spheres, family and civil or secular government in the church. Uh, when we talk about the president, uh, it's, it's a given that Donald J. Trump, whatever you think about him as far as his policies, you know, break this down to two separate things. You know, we talk about the policies and go on and on and on. And really, I don't want to park on that tonight at all. Just as far as, as, far as his moral character, though, regardless how you feel about his policies, regardless how you feel he's performed as a president, if you listen to the show before, you know, I'd say he's pretty much, pretty much uh, violated every major plank of his platform before he ran. That the candidate, Donald J. Trump, always completely different human being than uh, the president Donald J. Trump. I think the only thing you'll probably say he's delivered on would be trade. Okay. But in any case, you have to, the just part to talk about as far as his morality is really it's uh it's a proven case. It's not it's not up to debate about who the man Trump was. Okay? And is. I would argue I'd say it is. Trump before he ran for president uh was often on the Howard Stern show. If you know anything about Howard Stern, it's a person who uh, basically has made a career over uh, a really a lot of nonsense, but is you know would, as a staple of a show would just always talk about sexual immorality. Just he just always throw it out there. So, you know, I guess we're beyond. He'd always talk about sex. You know, this, you know, Trump was Trump was the host. You could pull up videos. I think they're still out there where Trump would be. There was one one particular when Trump was at a uh, black tie dinner. He was in the tux and he's just dropping dropping f bombs, you know, like yeah, every three or five words. Uh, beyond that, we know for a fact Donald J. Trump had lied about committing adultery with Stormy Daniels. Uh, he paid to keep her silent, and she did. It. As I could tell, she violated that non disclosure agreement. I don't know how it's going to play out in the court. He lied about that, then he admitted it and admitted she was paid. When that happened, that was after he was married to Melania. Okay, so this is his third wife. That's when that happened. Uh, it, it can't be contested. I mean, the, the idea of, of who Trump is, as far as his morality, again, even if you want to defend his policies, which I don't think at this point, like I said, the candidate Trump had a lot of good to say. The President Trump is been exposed, like most people, as a, as a fraud. But even however you want to go with the policies, you can't really debate the morality of Donald J. Trump. It's just, it, it, it's, not, it's not debatable. It's just, it, it's out there. It's, uh, it's well established. Now today, another story just broke out. Michael Cohen, who was formerly Trump's attorney, largely only worked for Trump, uh, and they have parted ways. The FBI raided Cohen. Don't know how it's going to turn out. That raid is separate from the uh, Mueller investigation about this Russian, what I would say, non-interference. But in any case, they had raided Cohen. Uh, they took, like, everything. They raided his home, his office, uh, I think a suite in a, in a motel or hotel. I mean, they just took everything from Cohen. Uh, don't know how it will play out in the course, but now the story breaks today that Cohen had taped Trump, and the the I didn't listen to the recording if it's out there, but they basically basically was Trump talking to Michael Cohen as far as if they could buy the agreement that the National Enquirer had 
with a particular woman. Uh, <laughs> and what happened, uh, the former the former Playboy model, Karen McDougal, was paid. She was interviewed by the National Enquirer, and then they, they buried that story. It happens. And then she had signed a non-disclosure she could, because she had an exclusive with the Enquirer. They paid her for that, then she couldn't say anything. She got out of that NDA, incidentally. And evidently, this recording is Trump and Cohen were talking about, can we buy it from the Enquirer? Uh, yeah, that, that that goes back to 2016. That was pre-Stormy Stormy Daniels. Uh, so, again, this stuff, this stuff can't be debated. I mean, this is who Donald Trump is. The reason this show... Uh, really got started. The Genesis shows that Pudgy wanted to do it. And he had posted on Facebook an article that had come out. It was ran by the New York Post. Everyone had it. And it had basically uh, redacted photos of Melania when she was much younger and single when she was nude. And one of them in particular was where she was nude with another woman who was nude. And Pudgy in passing just said, yeah, it's just like this is you know, this is horrible, and he got a lot. Of, he got a lot of pushback on Facebook from Trump supporters. I mean, including ostensibly professing Christians, people that would say uh, they believe in the same God Pudgy and I do, that were uh, basically saying, "What difference does it make? Does it, well, what difference does it make?" And to the best of my knowledge, I mean, uh, with Melania, I don't think she ever. She ever really said or admitted that was wrong. I could be, I, I could be wrong there. I, mean, I didn't do an exhaustive search for that, but I don't believe there's ever any conscious statements like, "Oh yeah, yeah that." I deeply regret doing that, or I, I maybe out there I didn't see it. Uh, she, as far as her worldview and you know what she believes about God, she's a professing Roman Catholic. That came out when the Trumps were uh, were in Europe when they were at the Vatican. And Donald J. Trump, if you didn't know, he's a professing uh, theologically liberal Protestant. He wouldn't use the word theologically, he wouldn't describe it as theologically liberal. But he evidently goes to church, doesn't talk much about it. But this is a guy, again, before he was elected, that said he had nothing to repent of. Okay. So, again, regardless about the policies of Trump, even if you want to defend the indefensible, you know, I mean, the wall. The wall is not being built. It's not going to be built. Mexico is not going to pay for it. Uh, the uh, the Dreamers, the uh, DACA, the DACA children that were here, uh, Trump said, you know, no, we're going to get citizenship. And he actually wants to expand what Obama proposed. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Trump has talked about gun control and has already done some of it. He went after bump stocks at the executive level. Yeah. This is... That's Trump's record. Trump beforehand talked about NATO, getting rid of it. It was useless after the Cold War. Then he embraced it. And I, you know, I could go on on, on Obamacare. Uh, and that's the whole Republican Congress. I mean, everyone running, uh, yeah, saying, elect me, I will get rid of Obamacare. And then when you got, uh, they could have done it in the past. I mean, because revenue starts in the House, all bills for revenue start in the House. They could have, once the Republicans had to control uh, Congress, even under Obama. Uh, Barack Hussein Obama, aka Barry Satoro, they could have got, they could have defunded Obama. They didn't want to do it. Now, Republicans control the House, control the Senate, and the White House, 
And the Patient Protection Affordable Care Act is still the law of the land. But I digress. I digress. Getting back to morality, there's, there's no, it's not contested who Trump is as far as his moral character. It's, it's, it's not for debate. It's just it's not for debate. Now, that doesn't mean every woman that's come out and says something about Trump. That doesn't mean they're all they're all true. But you know we got we got proof with Stormy Daniels. Yeah, that's it's it's not it, it can't be contested. There's proof. And now I mean we've got we've got this situation with Karen McDougal. Why did the National Enquirer buy her story if she had nothing? of substance to say about her relationship with Donald J. Trump. Why would that be? So how, the question is then, how uh, how should Christians respond? Uh, how should they respond to all that? And there's a couple of different approaches you could take. Uh, there's a few different things you could take. I'd say there's three broad general positions. Number one, you could take... Uh, a moral absolute position, a moral absolute position saying you just reject all government leaders, reject anyone in office or running for office who's, you know, approving immorality. And that pretty much means, especially because of lying, you just, there's basically no one you can support. But that, that's, one, that's one point of view. And that cuts across different theological uh, positions and uh, Perspectives. I won't drill down, but that's a general view. That that's a general view. You just reject all government leaders or anyone, anyone running for any type of office, uh, when there's you know, clear moral, you know, habitual defects in the character. The second one would be you just ignore or you excuse prudent immorality in government leaders based upon your your uh, party or personal loyalties. You just you just excuse or ignore it based upon your personal or party loyalties. And that, in essence, that's part of a bigger problem of the two-party system, where, where people basically are enslaved, and then they react emotionally for or against people. Uh, so it, it, you know, a lot of times the issue doesn't matter. It's like if you liked Obama, if you liked Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barry Satoro, uh, that was his name when he was uh, being raised in, in Indonesia, incidentally, if you didn't know that. Uh, if uh, if you were a big fan of Obama, yeah, and then, yeah, I saw this for people, you just you just react if someone if someone criticized Obama, so you defend them because you want you identify with him, you're invested in him. Same form, fit, and function, same phenomena, same perspective with Donald J. Trump with a lot of people. You just people will react against almost any criticism of Trump because they're invested in him. And this is again, this is a bigger problem than just excusing Trump's sexual immorality because that's how the two party system enslaves people. Um, we define things or the system defines things as left versus right or liberal versus conservative or democrat versus republican or whatever variety or yeah, type you'd like to put it into, but so then everything becomes, well, I'm going to support this party or this person because they're not the other. Very destructive. Again, you see that with Obamacare as far as, as, far as an issue, very destructive. So Republicans run to repeal it, refuse to do so. 
yet you're still have people saying, well, you know, it would be worse than Democrats. It's like, really, it's mind control. I mean, it's, it's manipulated. It's mind control. But again, that's as far as getting back down to the morality view. You know, a lot of Christians would say you just ignore or excuse proven immorality uh, because, you know, you think uh, in this case it happens to be Trump who happens to be in power because uh, you think he's the guy. And, yeah, he's better than Hillary. Uh, so, hey, just, yeah, what, what's the big deal? And then, uh, yeah, the third position would be you clarify that while personal morality is always important, and you never ignore sin, okay? You never ignore sin, particularly when it's with someone with a lot of influence, which would be the president and the first lady. You don't ignore it. But you realize the basis for judging any politician based on their their sphere of of uh, authority, their jurisdiction. It's the Constitution in our in the U.S. In the United States, the Constitution that's still the highest law of the land, even though we're living in the shadow, really, of what formerly was a uh, constitutional republic. Um, if you did not hear uh, the vast majority of laws that they passed in Washington, they do pass have no constitutional basis. None whatsoever. great example is uh, the so-called Food and Drug Administration. Ain't nothing in the U.S. federal constitution that says anything about food or anything about drugs. It's not there. Yet people, including Christians, think it's a good thing to have federal drug laws. It's a good thing. And that's not, not a good thing. It's not. A, it's also not a legal thing. Uh, but so the third position would be you clarify that while personal personal morality is always important, the basis really whether you vote or look at any any policy, any position, it's not based upon personal loyalty or party loyalty. It's how does the politician, how is a person in power, how is a person running for office, how do they view their adherents? To the highest law of the land. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty much uh, that's three basic basic views. And when Pudgy had posted uh, that criticism, Melania, again, I was I was shouldn't have been, but I was surprised at some of the pushback that people were just blindly reacting, uh, blindly reacting in, de- in defense of Trump and Melania. And again, it's very very sad uh, because even if you do want to support Trump's policies. Anyone that knows Christ, anyone understands that God is holy, and the reason you have to be born again is because we violate God's holiness because we're sinners, and that Christ paid the ultimate, that ultimate price, to make light of habitual sin in high places is uh, it's really a tantamount to hypocrisy, and this is part of the reason, incidentally, a lot of people don't take Christians seriously. It's part of a bigger problem in the broad culture. There's been different studies I didn't pull any up tonight. You could find them Barna uh, and uh, uh, Barna's a good uh, a good source for a lot of those uh, a lot of those studies. And it's shown for a good number of years, well over a quarter of a century, that the actual morality in terms of you know, how people act there's precious little difference between those that say they're born again and those who don't. And part of the problem is, okay, to defend, to defend Christians, you know, uh, to put it in context, is that the born-again phrase, you know, there's a lot of Jesus talk here. So a lot of people 
would basically say, hey, I'm born again. And they defined it, say, I made a decision, something to this effect, that uh, at one point, you know, I asked Christ into my life, you know, to be my Savior. And when you drill down in that, if, if you know, apart from any politics, you just say, okay, well, in this category of people that then say they're born again, uh, for years they've seen people that are born again, uh, you know, good percentages don't believe the devil's real. Uh, they don't believe the Bible is completely true, and yes, the foundation of the faith. Not that they don't believe, they may believe in, in heaven, they don't believe in hell. I mean, Christ spoke more about hell than heaven. So part of the problem is is that the gospel has been so watered down that people obviously uh, are deceived, and self-deception is the greatest deception in the country. But there is a problem, again, even among people that are legitimately and genuinely born again. There is, there is a problem. Uh, there is a serious problem when people just ignore or make light of serious sin. I'm going to play, I'm going to play, uh, I'm going to play a, a brief clip here from uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Jeffress. Uh, Pastor Jeffress. He's pastor, I believe, the first Baptist church in Dallas, Texas. And uh, if uh, if you have to be a Southern Baptist, I don't mean you're a Baptist that lives in the South. If you're part of the convention, if you're part of the Southern Baptist Convention, if you're, if you're in church, it's in fellowship with the Southern Baptist Convention. That church is a historic church in, in Dallas. had been pastored by someone named W.A. Criswell. It was a very powerful preacher. There was a Criswell study Bible out, and then they changed the name. I don't know what it became. But Jeffress, that pulpit has been filled you know, by some powerful preachers. And uh, Jeffress, Robert Jeffress is a good preacher. I believe he met Trump during the campaign trail. And now you know, he's, uh, he's a darling on uh, Fox News. You know, he's a contributor. And you know, he'll come in. He'll be their standard go-to guy for, like, you know, what is – what is the evangelical view on Trump? Not that you know all evangelicals would would agree, but yeah, he's he's kind of like the point man who they turn to. And when the stormy when the stormy Daniel stuff had come out, this uh, article I'm going to quote from I think it's about March 9th or 10th. Uh, he was on Fox News again. Going to listen to you know what uh, what actually what actually Pastor Jeffers said. Again, I do believe Robert Jeffress is a good preacher. I really do. But we'll listen to the, we'll listen to uh, we'll listen to the interview, and then I'll discuss a little bit. Developing tonight, pressure is being ramped up on evangelical Christians to defend their support for President Trump, as left-wing pundits call them hypocrites for supporting the president, amid the allegations from adult film star Stormy Daniels. Joining me now, Juan Williams, co-host of The Five and a Fox News political analyst, and Pastor Robert Jeffress, pastor of the First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, and a Fox News contributor. Good to have both of you here. Pastor, I'll go to you first. What do you make of evangelicals being called hypocrites in the wake of this, these allegations? Well, 
Well, it's absolutely ludicrous. Look, evangelicals know they're not compromising their beliefs in order to support this great president. And let's be clear, evangelicals still believe in the commandment, thou shalt not have sex with a porn star. Okay, we're still agreed on that. However, whether this president violated that commandment or not is totally irrelevant to our support of him for two quick reasons. First of all, evangelicals knew they weren't voting for an altar boy when they voted for Donald Trump. Right. We supported him because of his policies and his strong leadership. And tonight you saw another example, the result of that strong leadership in the announcement from North Korea. Mm. But secondly, and Sandra, this is more important perhaps, evangelicals understand the concept of sin and forgiveness. Look, we are all sinners. We all need forgiveness. That forgiveness is available through Christ for anyone who asks. And whether the president needs that forgiveness for this particular allegation, whether he's asked for it, is between him, his family, and his God. Pastor, get in here, Juan. Oh, you know, I mean, I I love Pastor Jefferson. I I want him to make his case. But, But, Pastor, I don't see how you can say that this is something people knew about. This story's gotten much bigger in the last two weeks since we had our previous engagement here yes. on the story, because now you have the lawyer for the president, Michael Cohen, saying, oh, you know what, not only did I pay $130,000 to try to silence the woman, now I'm trying to get an injunction or some kind of arbitration to stop her from talking yet again. Secondly, you have Sarah Sanders at the White House speaking out, and third, Stormy Daniels, suing the president, okay, so not only suing the president, but saying possibly she has text messages, pictures, right. or property. I don't, as I don't just get away from that. What Patrick. I say to that, they, what I say to that is, look, even if it's proven to be true, it doesn't matter because wow. of what I just said. And Juan, listen, a blue dress was not enough to turn you into a red Republican, and I believe anything Stormy Daniels have will not be enough to turn red Republicans into blue Democrats. But the Democrats. big question this is, is about the policies and issues. No, it's not. But by the way, what did Christ do at the temple? He threw out the money changers. Pastor, you cannot sell your integrity, your Christian values, and say, oh, because President Trump is anti-abortion, I'll support him no matter what. What happened to the principles? What happened to your love of people of character? We're we're supporting him because of the principles that he stands for, not because of personal behavior. We all fall short. And when talking about what Christ did, he also caught the woman who was in adultery and said, I forgive you. Yes, and you know what? She wanted forgiveness. forgiveness. This this president pastor has never asked for forgiveness, never acknowledged it. He has tried to silence the we don't know what you happened. No, 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 I'm talking about publicly, Sandra. I have, I have one very important question, though, Pastor. Will the support continue? Yeah. You know, I'm asking the question, what would it cause a good take for evangelicals to walk away from President Trump? I'm as... I'm his friend. I'll never walk away, but I think his policy changes, or if he were found to be in an adulterous relationship now, that would cause many people a problem. But, Pastor, what about someone like Rob Porter abusing wives in the White House and being excused? That's right. ongoing behavior that I don't think is Christian. Now you're moving on to it. No, I'm just saying he asked well. about on- Okay, so you see that exchange there between uh, with Juan Williams on Fox News and Pastor Robert Jeffress. Uh, a lot could be said. Uh, first off, you know, Jeffress makes of, uh, you know, he, he mentioned you know, his friendship with Trump. You know, that, that wouldn't change. Yeah, like he was best buddies. 
I could be wrong to the best of my knowledge. Uh, Donald J. Trump had no idea who Robert Jeffers was before he was running for office. So, again, I don't want to judge Trump's motives, but anyone who's any Republican that's running, particularly for a national office, uh, you need you can't really step on the evangelicals. And sad incidentally that Jeffers also talks about you know, his the way evangelicals respond as if it's like uh yeah, it's a club or something. And yeah, he he's he's the president, he's the spokesman. Uh, there's no one evangelical view on Trump, but there would be one evangelical view on morality which uh he uh, he really sidestepped. Uh the horrible thing with Jeffers is that uh he didn't want to admit that Trump lied. Uh, Trump lied about this, and he knew this when you know when this segment was done, when that was on the air. Uh, they knew. Trump had said there was nothing happened between him and, and uh, Stormy Daniels, and then the uh, it really started with, the best of my knowledge, it was the Wall Street Journal that broke the story. So they found out that Cohen evidently was uh, was in a rush or something. But when he he uh, he basically signed a non-disclosure with her. Uh, he didn't remove his name. He could have, and that's when the whole thing started. The dam started to break. So, first off, I take issue with Jeffress in that he refuses to admit that Donald J. Trump has lied about this today. Okay, in 2018. Okay, now. And what does that say about him? Number two, it's really disconcerting. He says, "Well, if Donald Trump you know, committed adultery today, that would be that would be different." He still said, "Yeah, he'd be his buddy." But he goes, that would be different. Okay, he did this. He committed adultery again in the past, and this was after he was married to Melania. All right. So granted, you say, okay, he was in public office then, but he's continued to lie. But the most disconcerting thing that Jeffers said, and again, he is a good preacher. I listened to him on the radio. Is uh, he, he he starts to really. Uh, misrepresent the scriptures in a blatant fashion, talking about you know, a woman caught in adultery. And even Juan Williams, who I'd say is probably a theological liberal, caught him on that. Uh, there is no indication that you know, Trump regrets any of this. He regrets getting caught. <laughs> there's, no, there's no evidence that Trump you know, regretted uh, anything he has done uh, with Stormy Daniels. And uh, again, we'll see uh, what will come out as far as uh, Karen McDougal, that goes back, you know, pre, I believe, pre-Melania, but still, this is this is someone that said, again, when they were running, and Jeffrey should have known it, that Trump said he had no need of repentance. He had no need of repentance. So, Jeffers, I do believe, is, rightly rightly so, could be said he's a hypocrite in this, uh, in this matter. Uh, his first job is to represent the Lord Jesus Christ, regardless of how he views any particular political issue or any particular political person, even if he is best buddies with Trump, which I kind of doubt, since I don't think Trump knew Robert Jeffress was alive until he aspired to become president. But even if they were you know, super best buds, uh, Jeffress does a great disservice to Trump himself and then also the gospel for this reason. Trump said, oh, yeah, this is between him and his God. It's like, well, it is, and he shouldn't. He should basically say in the air, yeah, Donald J. Trump 
is lost. If he's his friend, he knows he's lost. Okay? He should just he should just say it. At one point Trump really pulled the Bill Clinton when he was running and he basically identified as an evangelical very short period of time. And then also there's a story that was floated by James Dobson. Trump had organized a, a summit, a particular meeting with uh, evangelicals in uh, in New York City, invitation only. And you couldn't ask questions, uh, you know, from the audience. You know, some were pre-selected, but it was it was interesting. You find out there are a lot of interesting things. Trump. One of the good things Trump said in that is that he was going to get rid of the so-called Johnson Amendment. In other words. Uh, when Lyndon Baines Johnson was running for office, the Christians, conservative Christians, hammered him in Texas. And then, basically, when Johnson was a senator, he got a law passed. He he spearheaded it. I believe he wrote it. Or was one of the authors. That's why I called the John, so-called Johnson Amendment to basically tie tax exemption if you were a nonprofit, if you were a church, to not being politically involved. And that's completely immoral. For this reason, the First Amendment makes it clear Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Okay, so yet another illegal law because the law isn't based upon the Constitution. But Jeffers was really, really, it was horrible. If Trump's his friend, it's something he should say publicly, not just privately. I mean, Trump, Trump is lost. I mean, uh, the Bible is really clear. What does it matter if you gain the world and lose your soul? A nanosecond after Donald Trump dies, all of his money, whether he's worth three or seven or nine billion, and if he dies as president, a nanosecond after he's dead, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. And the really bad thing, which efforts is again, you know, when he goes with the other woman in adultery and all, is that this is a guy who basically says. He has no need to to uh, to repent. So not Jeffers really, really misrepresented scripture in that. And again, I would have respected him if he would have come out and said, "Look, I'm friends. I'm friends with the president. Uh, I've gotten to know him since he ran. Yeah, and I believe in his policies. I certainly don't. Uh, yeah, the whole the whole Korea thing. Yeah, it's just like." U.S. has been at war since World War II, right? Let, let's let's not go there. We won't go there tonight. Okay, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11. Only Congress has declared war. Every war post-World War II has been illegal. Congress has never declared war. Uh, Jeffers is ignorant, like a lot of other preachers. But, yeah, I, I give Jeffers a pass. Unfortunately, yeah, he's ignorant there. But I, I could respect him. He got up there and Fox News says, look, I'm friends with Donald J. Trump. I continue to be friends with him. I support his policies. But you know this is this is horrible. It's horrible if it's true, and it is true. And he should have went after lying too. He says, not only not only as a president is it wrong <laughs> that he committed adultery, but he's lied about it, and that, that's that that's horrible. That's horrible to me. That that's really an honest type position. Just like I said, I kind of fall I fall in the category that it is a secular compact. So I don't think someone's personal morality does disqualify them from office. For those Christians that take the moral absolute view, I'd say this. There's a lot of there's a lot of inconsistency if not a posture. For example, if you take if you take the view that, hey, someone in public office uh, has to be of that certain moral character, well then how about the doctors you see? Especially the doctors who treat your wife, if you're a married man. How about the person you work for? I mean I know some Christians 
that's almost a point of self-righteousness, almost pride, where it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't vote for Trump. I mean, he was, yeah, yeah he was, his morality is horrible. Okay. Uh, and then they work for businesses of their own volition that are completely sold over to universalism, political correctness, and new world order. Yeah, filthy, filthy corporations. So, to me, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not saying it's wrong that they work for those companies. I'm just asking for I'm just asking for consistency. I'm saying when they work for those companies, it's it's an agreement with them to do a certain job. All right? As long as it as long as that doesn't violate as long as they don't have to go against yeah, uh the personal beliefs, that's fine. And again, sometimes you have to attend sensitivity training. You shouldn't I don't think Christians should do that. But you see, so in that sphere of influence, okay. As far as you know, you know, employee-employer relationship, I'm not saying it's always wrong, but I am saying this: if you're going to basically throw down a gauntlet and say, "Okay, uh, I will not vote for Trump because of morality," you really have to be careful. Then, as far as all these other relationships you have, when you sell, when you use a doctor, uh, you're you're submitting to their authority. When you work for someone in particular, <laughs> at least 40 hours a week, uh, you're submitting to their authority. Looks like we got a caller. Give me a moment here. Good evening. Thank you for calling the KRP radio show. Yeah, it's Mrs. Pianchi calling. How you doing? Good. Where are you from? What state? <clears throat> Midwest. Okay. Between Louisiana and Missouri. What's your thoughts tonight? Missouri. Okay. No, my thought was on the... Uh, yeah. No, I supported and voted for... Donald Trump based on the issues that he campaigned under and which lends to your question about the morality and uh, these the private things he's done in his private life don't, don't bother me it's, it's the issues but you want me to, you remember Mary and Barry oh yeah yeah uh, yeah, cocaine, cocaine king mayor at DC, right? Well, yeah, regardless if he had a, he was an addict, but look at the thing that he'd done in order to create black millionaires in that city and business people. That's what they're supposed to do. Uh, the constituents yeah. identify what they need to have, and they send a person to either the state house or the White House. Congress to get it done. And let me ask you something. Uh, people mm-hmm. can't be too enthused or too serious about this morality because all you hear in many municipalities is about getting rid of the felon box on applications for jobs. So if you're not concerned whether or not a person is a felon, and you know that one that works in certain places don't work everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whatever he or she done to give them that that classification, then why is it such a issue on what somebody done thirty years ago in their life, and uh, now you hire them to do a job and they're doing the job pretty well? Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. You know, back I, I I agree with you. And let me know if you got anything else to say when I'm done. Uh, I I agree with the phone thing. To me, uh, you shouldn't be marked for life 
And again, we could talk about judicial reform. I think a lot of people in jail shouldn't be in jail. I think, for example, if someone robs money, it's counterproductive to incarcerate that person. What they should do is they should be coerced to pay back the person they robbed. I think it's that simple. So, no, I agree with you 100% on the felon thing. This, this thing with Trump, to me, and yeah, I vote for Trump too. I, I mean, I kind of regret it because of the, pol- the way he's turned out with the policies at this point, but that's another issue. As far as morality, I, I, t- I take a mediating position, like I said. I agree with you. It's a secular compact, whether it's Marion Barry. You, you, you basically, someone is basically confined. They're supposed to follow you know, federal level, you know, federal constitution, state level, state constitution, and you judge them based upon that. The issue I have is with Christians in particular, I don't know what your worldview is, is that when Christians like Robert Jeffers, who know the Bible, basically say it's not a big issue, that they're soft-peddling sin and they're misrepresenting what the gospel is. And this is why a lot of Christians, you know, a lot of people that aren't Christians don't take Christians seriously because at the end of the day, they just don't see much difference between the way someone that professes Christ lives and the way someone who doesn't. But, I mean, I agree with you halfway. Yeah, you vote for someone. I don't. I, I agree with you in that In that sense. It's like, hey, you judge them based upon the issues. And, again, I'm talking about you know the highest law of the land, the Constitution, too. So I don't think that disqualifies Trump. I'm just saying, as a Christian, you can't give him a pass. You just got to say, okay, yeah, he did lie. I mean, like Jeffers knew when he did that Fox News piece. Trump lied, and yeah, that's uh, it, it's not a good thing. And you know, one other thing up before I'm going to let you go. When we talk sure. about blacks, African Americans, mm-hmm. there's over 15 million blacks who are Southern Baptists. I mean, that's a lot. Then you that look is. at the ones that's Catholic, three to five million, and Church and God and Christ. And I don't know their totals. But just in Memphis alone, there's 50,000 of them. Now you have to weigh their Christian beliefs, morals, and go-bys compared to what goes on in society. So you're absolutely right what you're talking, uh, what you're emphasizing on about their morals based on their profession, professing of being a Christian. And you wonder where they draw the line, if, in fact, they do draw a line. But anyway, I really appreciate the opportunity. Hey, thanks for calling. I appreciate your thoughts. Call again. Thank you. Good night. Yeah, good caller. Uh, Again, I don't want to give the impression. uh, I'm not the moral absolute guy. Again, I'm not saying that. Uh, I think I made it clear. I'm not saying anyone that's running for office, Trump in particular, is in office. I'm, I'm not holding them up and saying, okay, well, that because because of you know personal moral failures and particularly something that's habitual in Trump's life like lying, I'm not saying that disqualifies a prophet. It's not a good thing, but I'm not going to ignore it because the main thing I want to communicate to anyone, whether it's on this show or person or or face to face in an interpersonal relationships, I want someone to know first and foremost that I belong to Christ, and I want them to know that. That in order to know who, who Christ is, you got to know God's holy, and then you got to repent. So if I'm out saying this or that about the president, about the first lady, and saying, well, it's not a big issue, that really, really, really hurts me trying to say, well, yeah, God, God's holy, but you know, it's not not that big a deal because uh, because of the issue. I mean, if you take that view that you know adultery and lying about adultery isn't that big because 
of you know the positions where someone stands. Again, I already think, as I said, Trump Trump's backstabbed his base on every major issue. But even if he didn't, take take that to a logical conclusion. Uh, you work for someone. It's like okay, you know, they're paying me good. Uh, you know, they they never you know, the job description was right. But uh, then uh, you know that, that person, if it's family business, you know, they lie to their wife. Uh, they uh, they basically get caught, and uh, the marriage breaks up. You don't think that's going to have any any repercussions in the organization, depending upon how big it is. Uh, again, I'm saying you can say this in a lot of areas. Uh, you don't want to, if you know who Christ is, if if you're standing in grace, if you've been born again, if you've been declared righteous, if you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you don't want to ever ever, 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 ever give people the impression that something like adultery and lying about adultery is inconsequential. You don't want to do that. Again, I think you can support Trump and say that, but you don't want to misrepresent the Bible like Robert Jeffers did. You don't want lost people to think that Christians are just a voting block. Uh, No one person represents all born-again people. No one person represents all black people. Uh, we have to look at people as as uh, individuals. Uh, Got to look at people as individuals. I'd also stress that you know profession, professing Christians who might excuse or make light of Trump's immorality, uh, they're also deceived in basically saying, yeah, Trump's owned. Uh, yeah, he has. He just hasn't delivered. Like I say, just he has not delivered. He he just has not delivered in any major issue. Uh, you are listening to the KIRP radio show. Gonna take uh, gonna take a little break here, and uh, be back in a moment or two. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip hop, R and B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists. Then. Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. You're listening to the KIRP radio show. KIRP radio! Tonight, we have discussed the Bible, start out with the basis Biblical morality, certain teachings are clear. People that are legitimately Christians should live, should live different than the world. Not perfect, but distinctly different. There's three basic spheres of jurisdictions of authority. Family, civil or secular government, and church. I think uh, it's indisputed 
what the morality of the president has been. And I, again, I see three positions. Uh, you can reject all government leaders or anyone running for office for proven immorality. as very few people want to vote for. Some Christians take that view. Again, I think that's inconsistent because what do you do with the doctors you go to? Uh, what do you do with the lawyers you employ? What do you do with the people you work for? Uh, you take the view, which is very popular, of just ignoring or excusing proven immorality based upon your party or personal loyalty. And that basically that illustrates how the two-party system has enslaved us because you just end up defending people in positions because they're not as bad as the other guy or other girl. Uh, you take my view, which basically says this sphere of government is different. Uh, it's a different authority than the church. However, people that know Christ as Savior can't soft-pedal ignore or excuse sin. And regardless of someone's positions, regardless of how good you think they're doing or not good they're doing in the case of Trump, I think he's been a train wreck. It's been a train wreck. But even if it wasn't, um, the main thing Christians want to communicate to people is that, hey, we're not part, evangelicals aren't part of a voting block. <laughs> we're not part of a voting block. Uh, there's things that are far, far, far more important than how you vote, than the winner vote, than any, any political issue, uh, any political matter, any political party, and that's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. Christians communicate, and I hope I stress that tonight. You've listened to the KIRP radio show, guest host Rocco P. Thank you again for listening, and uh, I will be back most likely, most likely for the regular show. Next Friday will be last Friday night, July 27th, 8 p.m. Thank you again for listening to the KIRP radio show. Have a good night. K-I-R-P Radio!